All right, we are back. That was Cool Sounds with Cactus Country. Again, a new band I discovered right here at KUCI from another show host. I think it was Lily, so shout out to Lily. Cool tunes. Okay, standing by to kick off the next segment is New York Times bestselling author Laura Schroff. She's calling in from Westchester, New York, and we're going to talk about her book, An Invisible Thread. Good morning, Laura. Hey, good morning. How are you? Great. I love this story. And I had you on, I think it was like three or four years ago. You know, I I know that I was on your show. I can't remember if it was for Angels on Earth or if it was for my children's book, An Invisible Thread Christmas Story. That one. Yes, the Christmas story. Yes. Yeah. But I, yeah, we definitely were on the show together. I loved it. So tell me for listeners who don't know the backstory of what this is about. Okay, the backstory really, it takes place back in 1986, and as I was walking up West 56th Street, a young boy by the name of Maurice Mazak stopped me and said, excuse me, lady, do you have any spare change? I'm hungry. And I said no and kept walking, but then I realized what he said, and I went back to the young boy, Mm -hmm. and I told him I didn't want to give him any spare change, but if he was hungry, I would take him to McDonald's. And we had lunch, mm-hmm. and then I ended up seeing him that following Thursday. And while we were having dinner, I said to him, I've got a great idea. Why don't we get together again next Monday night? I'll take you to the Hard Rock Cafe. Wow. And, <laughs> and um, that night he had a huge steak, and we agreed that we'd meet the following Monday. And we wound up meeting every Monday for the next four years and hundreds of times thereafter. Amazing. You know, I watched the clip of the two of you on the Today Show. I put this <laughs> up on my show blog. Uh, for those yeah. uh, just tuning in, we're speaking with Laura Schroff. Um, did I pronounce that correctly? You, y- yes, you did. Okay. And my show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Um, what was life like for you before you met him? Well, before I met Maurice, I was working at USA Today. And um, I was actually selling advertising space, and my life really consumed of work, Mm -hmm. and that was it. And one day, Maurice came into my life, and he completely changed my life and changed the direction of my life. Amazing. You know, so people would always say to me that Maurice was so lucky to have met me, and I would always reply, but I was also so lucky to have met him. Absolutely. It does remind me of the blind side a little bit with Sandra. It does. Yeah. Yeah. In fact... In the blind side, you know, how Sandra Bullock and um, Michael, Orr, Michael Orr would always say that he had her back. And Maurice insists that they must have read the book because, um, um, because back when he was a little boy, he used to tell me all the time that he had my back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your life, I mean, just in a blink of an eye, here you paid attention to... This, this young boy, it changed you completely. And it also not only changed me as far as, you know, how I look at life in general now, but also it, um, it, it made my life so much fuller. And, mm-hmm. you know, I never could have imagined that something as simple as taking a young boy out to lunch could have um, not only changed my life, but Maurice's life too. You know, yeah. go ahead. You know, Maurice has been involved with all of my books, which is great. And um, the thing that I'm most proud about with Maurice is he broke broke that cycle. And people sometimes don't understand how hard it is for children to break away from 
generations of drug abuse, violence, and hunger. And, you know, today he has been married to the same woman, Michelle, for 20 years. They've been together for 25 years. They have a beautiful family, and his children will never know from the kind of life that he lived. What does he do for a living? He actually now, right now, is an Uber driver. Um, So he kind of really loves it. It's great. He loves having, and he's also going to Bible school. That's so nice. Which is wonderful. I love the story how he told he wanted you to pack his lunch in a brown paper bag. You know, everyone loves that story. And again, you know, sometimes, and I I speak about this a lot at schools, how sometimes it's those things that are so precious that we really kind of take for granted. Because when he called one Saturday and asked if I could take him to lunch because he was really hungry, and when we were having lunch, I realized that I couldn't see him every day, but I couldn't bear the thought that he was not eating. Mm -hmm. And so he... um, I said, we need to figure this out. I said, if you want on Monday nights, I'll give you money, and you have to be very careful as to how you spend it, but at least every day you can buy yourself something to eat. Or if you'd prefer, on Monday nights, we can go to the supermarket together. I'll buy you all the things you love to eat. I'll make you lunch. I'll leave it with my doorman, Steve, and on your way to school, you can swing by and pick it up. And he looked at me with this very puzzled expression, and he said, Miss Laura, if you make me lunch, you're going to put it in a brown paper bag. And I <laughs> kind of like looked at him like, what do you mean? He said, oh, he said, Miss Laura, he said, I don't want your money. He said, I want my lunch in a brown paper bag. Because when kids come to school and they have their lunch in a brown paper bag, that means someone cares about them. Oh, I know. Heavy it's duty. Just, <laughs> yeah. And also the story in An Invisible Thread, and it's also, in, of course, in my children's book is how when we went out to my sister Annette's and coming home that night, you know, he had never been outside of New York City. He really had never been inside of a house. And driving back, I said to him, you know, what was your favorite part of the day? And he, I thought he would tell me it was playing on the swings with Colette, Derek, and Brooker, mm-hmm. going for a bike ride with Derek. He said, oh, Miss Laurie, he said, I love that house, that room. And I said, what room? He said, you know, that fancy room where we had dinner. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, I thought the food was great. He said, but I loved how everyone was laughing and talking. He said, and you know, he said, someday, he said, when I grow up, I'm going to have a room just like that. And do you know when you walk into Maurice's apartment today, he does not have a living room. He has a dining room. (laughs) (laughs) That's a sense of warmth and love right there, though. Yeah, and you know, most children, you know, they take sitting down and having dinner with their, you know, their families. Mm-hmm. for granted because it's something that they just have always done right. and yet to Maurice it was such a special moment in his life and it was something that stayed with him and he knew that one day when he had his own apartment he wanted to have a dining room too amazing you know I wanted to just say that the name of my show is get the funk out and sometimes I love that thank you sometimes we don't realize we're in a funk and it takes um, doing something for somebody else to realize how we're really unfulfilled, we're not happy, and we, we want greater meaning. And then that moment for you, meeting him, just shifted everything. Yeah. And it, you know, it, I never could have imagined in my wildest dreams that I would have the opportunity to speak all across the country on the power of small acts of kindness and how we can all make a difference in someone's life, even if it's just one small act of kindness at a time. Yes. What else would you like people to know about the book? Well, about the Young Readers Edition, I think that it's important that they know that, you know, we were 
when I say we, I've been very fortunate to have a co-writer. His name's Alex Trezanowski, and we've worked together on all of my books. But we, you know, kept the, the story the same. But, you know, for children between the ages of 8 and 12, there is information, of course, that we did not include. So, for example, while in the adult book we talk about the fact that his mother had a sick, was on drugs, mm-hmm. there's no mention of drugs in the book. His mother, unfortunately, had a sickness. So we really kept the story the same, but we felt it was really important to tone down the stories for children, right. you know, at this age group. Sure. For this age group, really. Right, right. And um, what have you heard so far? I'm heard you, I bet you've had great reviews of the book. You know, I've heard some really great things, and there was a young girl that... Um, Last summer, I gave the book to eight children and asked them if they would send me reviews. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. sorry. And I spoke at the book review last week, and um, I asked Juliet, she's 10 years old, and she's in fifth grade, if she would like to get up and um, talk about the book for a minute. And I what I loved, the video is on my website, which is com. but she compares it to one of her favorite foods. And that basically, she says from the moment she started to read it, she really couldn't put the book down. So I hope that children will also take away from the book how kindness is important. In fact, in the back of the book, I do list all of these um, simple acts of kindness that, you know, children between the ages of 8 and 12 can incorporate into their day. I think that's great. It gives them some idea, some foundation, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, something as simple as opening up the door for a friend or helping a friend who is really great at math, and you're great, you know, one child is really great at math and the other child is having problems, to say, you know, I could help you, you know? It's just those simple acts of kindness that can make a difference, and, you know, I kind of compare it to how when you throw a stone, you know, into a pond and it ripples outward that, you know, kindness is contagious, and the more we incorporate it into our daily lives, the more we want to do it over and over again. Absolutely. I just want to mention a few that you have written in here. Uh, Send a handwritten thank you note. I like that because you're always texting and emailing. I Um, know. Thank the people who serve you lunch every day. Let them know how much you enjoyed it. Uh, Thank the people who keep your school so sparkling clean. I mean, these are great things for kids. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, I spoke at a school, this goes back a couple of years ago in Ohio, and we talked about small acts of kindness, and one of them was, you know, to thank the people who serve you lunch every day. And later on that day, one of the teachers came over to me and said to me, I don't know what happened this morning, but everybody, the people in the cafeteria were saying that all the kids were saying thank you <laughs> and telling them how good their food was. And you know what? It makes them feel good. You walk into a school and it's sparkling clean. Yes. Well, someone is doing that. And if you should see them in the hallway, why not say, you know what, thank you for keeping my school so clean. Yeah. Important lessons, Laura. It's well, important. yeah. Where can and we- I think that, Go ahead. I, and I think children are never too young to start to teach them kindness. I mean, you can really talk about, you know, being kind and what it takes. You know, one of the, um, something that I talk about in schools all the time is how, it's never cool, or, and it's never okay to bully someone or watch someone bullying someone. You need to bring it to your teacher's attention. Yes. It's not cool, and it's not nice. Yeah. 
I get that. I was bullied growing up in Manhattan. I get that. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. So give your website one more time. Yeah, my website is Laura Schroff, S-C-H-R-O-F-F dot com. You know, the book is available. It's an invisible thread, Young Readers Edition, in, you know, in hopefully everyone's local bookstores. And if not, you can certainly get it online. And um, if they're on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, always happy to accept their friend requests. Fantastic. Thank you so much for calling in again. I always love talking to you. Well, thank you so much, Janine, for having me back on your show. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Hope to meet you sometime. Me too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. That was author Laura Schroff calling in to talk about an invisible thread. All the info is on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Up next, we're going to listen to a pre-recorded segment I did with Jordan Reed, and she is founding editor of the Ramshackle Glam blog, and she chatted with me about her book, The Big Activity Book for Anxious People. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.